0: Hello, people. Welcome to season two, episode two of Pop Collaborate. And listen, my name is Dave Fensom. I'm speaking to you from Edinburgh, up here for the Fringe Festival, doing my show, ADH Dave, every day, 10 to 6, at the City Cafe Hollywood Room, being sold out pretty much for most of the run so far. I hope some of you guys that are listening, if you're in Edinburgh, will come and see it. Uh, my advice is come a little bit early or send me a message uh, on one of my social medias and I will reserve you a seat. Yeah, give me a shout if you want to come. Guys, it's been a a real crazy week for me i've been doing loads and loads of gigs i've reverted to an animalistic state i haven't done any washing today i've got to go to the shops and buy more pants because of that very reason uh, i'm sweating about three t-shirts a day here i'm yeah i'm sleeping badly i'm drinking too much I'm doing all the things I said to myself I wouldn't do before I came here, but fuck it, I'm having a lovely time. I've uh, seen some brilliant shows. Uh, saw probably my favourite show of the Fringe so far at Rob Mulholland. Uh, he's doing a show called Too Big to Fail. It's down at Opium on Cowgate. It's a brilliant show. Uh, if you like just really well-written jokes, go fairly dark places here and there. Uh, just done with a cheeky smile on your face. He's a brilliant writer, man. I wish I'd written half of those jokes myself. Other shows to recommend go and see Mark Cram, uh, go and see Gary Knightley, go and see Maisie Adam, uh, go and see Stella Graham there's some really good shows out there I saw Joe Jacobs the other day if you're a fan of hip hop music his show's called Grimefulness Uh, loads of MCing in that Joe's actually a pretty accomplished uh, MC himself and he does some really good takes on being uh, middle class and Jewish uh, and liking hip hop Uh, check it out Uh, anyway guys uh, enough talking from me this podcast as always is sponsored by On The Edge Comedy Uh, On The Edge Comedy is normally on the first and third Fridays of every month in Brighton at the Carolina Brunswick Uh, however for the month of august we are at the fringe festival i've just come from a show 2 30 to 3 30 every day we have wonderful wonderful lineups every single day we've got people that play the best clubs in the country all the time come and see some of these shows and put some money in the bucket don't be a tight prick anyway ladies and gentlemen with no further ado we're going to crack on with season two episode two hope you enjoy it see you soon Yes, yes, people, welcome to episode two of season two of Pop Collaborate and Listen. My name is Dave Fenson. I'm with Chris Greer. I'm Chris Greer. Hello. And we're both here with Waffles the Dog. All right, Waffles. Waffles in the house. If you hear some uh, shuffling on the floor in the background, oh. it's it's him. There he is. Listen. Can I shouldn't his, have said his name. He's come over now. You can hear his claws. Hello, he's, mate. He's sniffing your balls. Hello. You're sniffing some balls. Nice. Yes. Anyway, guys, so uh, yeah, we're here, uh, hopefully with something better for you than uh, that enigma around last week. That was a stinker. It It, it
1: really was. It was a a proper chore to do, and it was a struggle to find anything interesting to actually talk about. It fucking
0: ruined my day.
1: Mm, Yeah, sorry, everyone, for that. Sorry. I I felt
0: depressed. If it wasn't for the fact that his house burnt down, I would have been inconsolable. (laughs) So here we are, and we're in uh, the second album of 1991. It is Stings the Soul Cages.
1: Yeah, The yeah. soul
0: cages. Indeed,
1: and this was, it got to number one on the 27th of January of 1991. Yeah. So we're still in that very first period because Enigma was only number one for one week.
0: Yeah, let's just be clear as well, if you, if you haven't seen this written down, it is the soul as in S-O-U-L. Uh-huh. And despite the distinctly fishy theme throughout the record, Quite, yeah. which we'll get onto, it's not soul as in the flat fish. Yes, indeed.
1: Uh, this was also only number one for one week. Sting is a big name, obviously, so it's presumably
0: five letters, mate.
1: Oh, okay. Well, um, I stand corrected. Uh, he was, you know, he's, he's a big seller, and he's got fans who are going to buy it on week one, and so that's presumably what's happened here. Uh, he's, he's gone straight in and then dropped right back. on Yeah, again.
0: absolutely. This is this is, uh, you know, we, we'll see this again and again. This is legacy trading, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, for if sure. If you're a big enough name, you're always going to get to number one yeah, with your sure. record.
1: I mean, this is his third solo album as well, so mm-hmm. he's got a fan base for solo Sting as well. Even though he's obviously coming off the back of the police, a huge fan base. He's got a big fan base just for himself too. So that's it's, yeah, I it's a I mean, he's, sizable like, amount yeah, of people people, people,
0: it. people love Sting. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, really, I've I mean, I don't know if I understand why really. Uh, well, the thing is right here. I was going to bring this up. We
1: have talked about the police before, mm-hmm. yeah, and we are both big fans of the police. Absolutely. Yeah, you, know, you, you know they have some absolutely fantastic songs. I was. Uh, brought up on listening to those albums when I was young. My mum was a huge fan. Yep. And so there was all through my my yeah, young childhood, loads of police in the house. He <laughs> lived in Belfast, yeah. Uh, loads of police going on. And uh, one of the first bands I ever saw, I saw them when I was five, because my mum went to a concert in Dublin, uh, them supported by Squeeze. And you know, that's how big a deal the police were to, to us musically. Mm-hmm. So I love the police. Sting is a different thing, but I... I suppose because I liked the first solo album, it was again played loads in my house. Right, uh, the Dream of the Blue Turtles. Never heard it. And there's a, there's some stuff on that I like. You will have heard the singles. Um, Russians is on there. Oh God! Uh, if I ever lose my faith in you. <laughs> oh
0: God! Yeah, right. is that
1: is that that's the, oh that I know era. all those songs. Yeah, yeah. you'll know them. So they're big songs. Um, but I like them. And the other even there's one called uh, Moon Over Bourbon Street. Really like that. There's there's a few on there. So I don't have the real antipathy towards Sting that some people do. I'm prepared to give him a go, but I'd never heard this album at all, and I, I've not heard any of his other solo stuff, I must admit, I the mean, albums.
0: It does just seem like a bell in though. Oh, he
1: think. seems like a twat. I not mean, very, very much. real. Like, I mean, yeah.
0: he, Sting seems to me like the he's the product that only the late 70s and early 80s would have tolerated. There's no other... Mm. Time where you get away with being that particular guy. I see. Okay, that much chest hair, that much swagger, cheekbones. Right.
1: He's very, very full of himself. He's very confident in his abilities uh, and arrogant in that way. Yeah.
0: I mean, I whenever I think of Sting, I just think of
1: Sting in June. Oh God. All right. Well, yeah. I I would say acting is not his forte. Oh
0: fuck no. Nah. I mean, I mean, there's that bit in Quadrophenia. Jesus Christ. And, and what was the, the one? Um, the does- Crucible. Oh, I've never seen the Crucible hey, no, again. It's,
1: he's rubbish in it. He's risible in he, the Crucible. There you go. Uh, but if you had to, if, if you were going to pick a uh, a police song, what's your favourite police song? I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of the big I'm ones. I'm Sure, yeah. It's gonna be. I
0: think I will probably have to go with "Every Breath You Take."
1: Okay, all right. Yeah. I mean, it was world beating at the time. Yeah, yeah. Now, mine. I'd say my favourite was the one that Sting wrote just after he had his operation on his bile. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Don't stand so close to me. That's my favourite one, I think. Right. There you go. Um <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, you know we had this long break between recording podcasts, yeah? Yeah. I thought of that maybe three months ago and I've had to sit on it. Until there uh, until now well, I... I fucking wish you would sit yeah. On that. Waffles, uh, bite him. Very
0: happy with that. Waffles, bite Uncle Christopher. <laughs> bite Uncle Christa in the dick. Don't do it, Waffles. You'd come off worse. I mean I, that is true. <laughs> I'm fairly a, when you get a puppy, there's a list of things that they can't eat, and I'm fairly sure that you're dick. Right. dick. <laughs> what? Chocolate. Um sawdust. Yeah. Literally all of the things that you smear on your <laughs> dick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. right, anyway, so... Right, right okay, so. well, back to this album, anyway. So, back to this album. So, uh, this is the first record he put out after his father died, isn't indeed. it? Indeed,
1: this is uh, a, him dealing with that. There's a lot of uh, references to fatherhood, uh, his dad and yeah. the, the relationship, yeah. Well, this is
0: a concept album, isn't it? It is, yes, it is, indeed.
1: Yeah, it's a tribute to his father died of cancer. The second album, Nothing Like the Son, was a tribute to his mother, who died before that album. Mm. And so this is another one of those uh from him is he's obviously he's having a, a bad few years Yep. um and he's he's kind of soothing himself through album
0: releases yeah very much so mm. this is uh yeah and we'll, we'll we'll touch on some of this as we go so let's start start as we always do with the album cover uh-huh so I mean it's I mean, if you've listened to the album you'll realize that this is a very on the nose album cover it is, oh, well, yes yeah it's as literal as it could be it's yeah describe it to us
1: well it's a A drawing of uh, the hull of a boat. It's kind of from underneath. It's it's a boat that's up on some. It's not in the sea. It's just on a beach. It's now worn.
0: I'm going to take a pause here for a second. Yeah, because if you're a a nerd about sea craft, right? Mm. I appreciate that there is a difference between a boat and a ship.
1: Oh, I see. Okay,
0: okay, yeah. Now this is about. A lot of this is based around the decline of the ship building industry sure. in Newcastle, right? So yep. we are aware, so to be clear, we are aware that there is a difference. I'm not sure what it is. Are you? Uh, one's worth more in its travel. Yeah, I mean, there you go. That's, yeah. our, that's our level of knowledge yeah. to this, right? So just don't write in and tell us. <laughs> right? <that laughs> we are, throughout this, going to call them boats. Yeah. yeah. I, look, I know they're ships, but I'm going to call them boats. The thing is, I think that might be a boat rather than a ship. On the cover. I mean, if it is, it's wrong because it's about the shipbuilding industry. Well, it's quite. So, I mean, it could be. There's an oxacetylene torch in the the foreground. Yeah, there's a sort of a... Fairly crudely drawn, I'd say. Well, it's not a very detailed
1: image, but he's going for the feel of it. There's, you know, the kind of stormy background.
0: I mean, I've not read the backstory. I bet his dad drew it. That
1: could also be true. Never know.
0: Fuck it. Let's, Let's never find out.
1: Nope. Deal. It's not a very exciting image to me. One thing I suppose that... We can see straight away the writing on it that says Sting the Soul Cages is really quite small. It's not a big eye catcher. He's mm-hmm. not going to see it on a shelf and it's going to shout out Sting at you. His face isn't on it, is no. It's not a band photo. Um, so it's it's kind it, of it's quite serious, isn't it? Oh, I mean, this is very serious. But yeah. the, you, you can tell this is a tribute to his dead father. It's a serious album.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay.
1: In terms of the, <clears throat> the the musicianship, one thing I noticed that uh, the main credited drummer on this is someone we've seen before on this podcast, Manu Katche, who was the drummer on that Christians album, which probably won't surprise us too much as we Did go through. Did he do
0: some stuff on the Phil concert or was that the bass player? That was the bass player, uh, Paladino someone fair enough. Yeah,
1: sorry, he's a drummer on the Christians. I found out that single yeah, uh, yeah. is one of the very many... Musical musicians they brought in. He's a really fucking well-respected drummer. He's one of these guys. And so he's doing most of the drumming on this album. And the, he also worked with stuff like Peter Gabriel, Eurythmics, Tears and Fears, all the biggies of the 80s. And the guitarist is a guy called Dominic Miller. And this was his first album that he played with Sting on. But he's been with Sting since now. So he's... Part of the Sting band. Right. Um, and so he's a, another very well-respected guitarist in that world. Fair enough. So that's who he, he's doing. Again, it, it fits in with the very serious feel that he's going for, I think, that he's got these real musicians to come on with him. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's not just some, <clears throat> oh, well, my mate can play drums or play guitar and have a bit of fun. He wants people who are going to get this and get it serious.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely.
1: The other thing I just, in terms of the feel of it, because it is quite downbeat a lot of it because of what the the subject matter is. The Chicago Tribune review at the time did say that Sting is purging himself of his angst, but as well as his ability to write a memorable tune. That was one of the lines they came out with.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, that seems very harsh. It
1: doesn't. doesn't yeah, you know, Sting said that he kind of was aware of the. Re- he said since that he's aware of the reaction this got that it wasn't particularly critically well-received. But he says it's found a a place with his fans and a lot of people who have suffered bereavement in the same way have found it uh, a a useful catharsis as well, apparently. Mm. So he's happy with the thing. He realises it's not his most fun and upbeat and catchy album, but... He says there's a place for it.
0: He thinks it's worth fair enough. Now. Fair enough. Yeah, and you know it's not for us. You know it's not for us to decide what he should or shouldn't do. I well, guess. indeed, no. Anyway, so right, the first track on this one is called "The Island of Souls." Or it's, in fact, it's just called "Island of Souls." I- Island of
1: Souls. Yes,
0: and um, this is the one that is giving us kind of the
1: introduction to the whole concept of the Soul Cages and the Island of Souls. That there's, yeah. there's a myth that we'll
0: we'll chat about briefly. Let's play a little bit of the start of this. All right. Oh yeah, we've got some uh, some folky pipe bollocks. Yeah. Uh, do you know what that uh, instrument's called? Uh, is it the Yulian pipes? No, that's the uh, the Northumbrian small pipe. Is it not? Yeah, but incidentally, it was oh, also right. Sting's nickname in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice!
1: <laughs> right. Okay, well, that, that makes sense, because instantly we're into the, oh, the, the region. Yeah. You know, we're talking about Newcastle, because this does uh, speak a lot about Newcastle shipbuilding stuff,
0: so he's using the Northumberland pipe
1: specifically for that,
0: right? I mean, I am surprised he didn't just sing this whole thing in a Geordie accent. Oh, get Jimmy Nail in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do some plinky guitars? This is such a shite vocal, isn't it? It's a weird one.
1: I mean, his voice is very distinctive. Yeah. Oh, he's got a very distinctive style of singing that he's doing there, but it's a he's he's putting a strange inflection in here for for you know reasons. I'm assuming. Are,
0: it's just as as just a piece of It's just almost the most basic you can make something and still describe it as a melody. It's just that kind of... Sure. Sing-songy Christer. I'm talking to you. Sure, it's okay, like yeah. when people in church are doing the hymns. Right. It's that, isn't it? It's- it is,
1: actually, yeah. Yeah, but I think the reason... I I think he's trying to get the feel of... Uh, I mean, it's almost like a boat swaying side to side. So it's got that kind of rhythm. Dun, 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 yeah. So it's that. And it's almost as if... You could you he could hear it as a a song sung by people rowing in the fucking right old days, rowing ships, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So I think that's what he's going for, and it is a very kind of plaintive vocal. He's starting off on this le- low note. Sure, um, it, it's yearning, it's longing, that sort of thing. Yeah,
0: and uh, also, you know it's got these these lyrics in here which are obviously about you know they're about. Uh, him growing up a riveter's son mm-hmm. people working in harsh industrial conditions yeah, in yeah. the shipyard and it alludes to the death of the industry and the fact that that working men only stop working when the industry dies uh-huh yeah okay. absolutely
1: absolutely uh th- th- and it's he can see no future for himself in this as well yeah. that's it, it, not where he wants to he doesn't want to follow in his father's footsteps um, because he can see that this thing
0: is on the way out this industry yeah, absolutely, and you know, let's let's once again imagine Sting from June working in the shipyard. <laughs> yeah, and then let's think back to Greased the movie. Up. Think back to the movie Zoolander. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> but yeah, look. The problem with this, mm-hmm. I think, a lot of this record, you know, you, you, the the lyrics are quite. Uh, they're obviously very personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make you care more about the songs, but the problem with this as a piece of music, it's just a bit too insipid for me to care. Right. And I I mean, I was listening to this in a car with Jenny, my wife. And uh, a couple of quotes from her. When she started, I was going, I go, you know, because she didn't know what it was. Oh, I was okay. like, oh, who do you think this is? And she was like, is this Phil Collins? Oh, really? I like, yeah, I was like, no, it's not Phil Collins. And then uh, and then after a while she went, there was a bit, there's a bit where it kind of, where the strings are in and he's doing that thing. And he's like, this is just like three different songs are playing at the same time. Oh, okay, right. And it really was. It is a
1: strange time signature. There's no, you know, backbeat to it. There's not a, a form to it, really. No. Um but again, I, I see that. I don't mind that too much because I see what he's trying to do. I think he's trying to, you know, just rolling on the sea and it's almost drunken sailors singing. That's sort what of they've done. It
0: seems like you're prepared to give him a little bit more goodwill for this straight away than I am. I think
1: maybe so. Maybe so. I don't think this has a good tune because I don't think there's a tune to mm. it. Like you say, it's just, it's just that sing song you think it really is. But I think I get why he's done it. I don't think he is. I don't think he thinks there's a tune to this. He knows yeah. there isn't. I think he's done it because he's trying to evoke a certain feeling. Sure. And I mean, I, 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 seasickness. Well, entirely possible. Yeah, it is. Uh, that just rolling on the waves. So
0: I mean, so he's he's telling a story as well. Yes. Basically, uh, father is an industrial accident, which obviously isn't true because his father died of cancer. Yeah, sure. Um, And is at death's door. And Billy, who is, uh, well, presumably Sting in this story. Yeah, he's the, the protagonist. He's the Sting in the tale. God! <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't uh, He didn't go with Gordon, obviously. No, no, well, you wouldn't, would you? No, you probably wouldn't, no. Um, but so, and yeah, so that's where we leave the song. He's like, his dad's nearly dying and he's going, well, what else is there for, to do for a rivet of sun There's still ships to be built? And he's looking, mm-hmm. oh, is this going to be what I have to do? Well, yeah, but he is also, there's a longing that he would
1: like to be able to take his dad out to sea, knowing that he's got very little time to live. He wants to take his dad out to sea, uh, for one kind of final journey into the kind of the great unknown sort of stuff, and he wants to do this for, really to spend his father's last days at sea, where he's you know is at his happiest or whatever, and go to try and find paradise at some point on the waves, and this is this takes us into the myth
0: of the island of souls and the soul cages, mate. Like if he thinks he's gonna find anything close to paradise off the fucking coast of, of Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah, true. I mean, have you been to Whitley Bay? No. It's nice enough, but the water looks like fucking thick grey terror. Oh, no. Oh, mate, you, you you couldn't see in front of your face. And why would you want to go that way? Unless you're no. a seal. No.
1: No, okay. But this this is it. The story of the, the Island of Souls and the Soul Cages, it's supposed to be that if someone dies... Uh, they can be trapped in this cage under the sea, kind of Davy Jones' locker sort of a thing, and the only way to save that person's soul is to challenge the god of the sea or whoever it is to a drinking contest. And if you outdrink him, then the soul gets released. So that he's like wants to take his dad out and uh, try try to describe this shitty myth. <laughs> this
0: shitty myth.
1: <laughs> um, he wants to. He wants to have the last last sort of good times with his dad out there before this happens and then deal with the whole, uh, the next part of it after after his dad dies. The
0: other problem with this song is it's too long. It goes on for a while, yeah. yeah I mean, it really does. I, that was the, the other quote that Jenny gave me. Yeah. She, she just said to me, how long has this been happening? Right, And sure. I, went, I went, oh, it's been... And she goes, it, it feels like this has always been happening. Oh, I see. <laughs> I can't remember a time before <laughs> When well, it. it wasn't, I see. Anyway, so, okay. It so, doesn't need to be this long, you're right. It's
1: As an intro, I actually think it's okay because it gives us a starting point for the whole story. Um, but it does go on a bit long and where nothing else happens. I
0: think comes. it presumes a lot, though. I think it presumes that you're interested in the story.
1: Well, of course. But if you're not, then this album is a washout. I mean, literally a washout yeah but you know sting
0: is obviously interested
1: in telling the story which is why he's done yeah.
0: this okay well i'd say like musically there's nothing yeah. in this for me but sure. uh, lyrically and conceptually there's some stuff where i'm yeah you know it, you there's know, some it's, nice lines in yeah. there and you know you kind of got to be a fucking stone cold dick to be like oh i'm just going to be a complete prick about this touching tribute to your dead right. father you sure. know? yeah like not not neither of us are those people i hope no
1: no We're, i will happily call out a bad song but no, the sentiment behind it is fair enough. Anyway. I did like there was a couple of lines. One I, I sort of picked out was um, talking about r- the riveters and the people working on the ships, hanging down the sides and doing the work, uh, trapped in the cage of the skeleton ship. All the workmen suspended like flies. That an, it's an evocative image. It is an
0: you, evocative you, image. I, I think it's. I, I think it's a little bit overwrought. Oh, that definitely over raw iron. Really? Um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, that that would have been a good review for this album, over raw iron. Yeah. Anyway, um, twenty two years too late. Anyway, the, no, look, uh, it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ready to hear what's next.
1: Okay, well let's let's move on. Uh, so the, the second song is called "All This Time," and it was the first single.
0: Right, so this is a bit more upbeat. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if you've got the same note on this that I have. Go on. Just as soon as you... hang on, because this is like it's like fucking. How much does he want to be Paul Simon on this vocal? Oh right, yeah, I haven't noticed that, but you're right. Listen to the phrasing.
1: Oh, it is as well. Right, but I was I was just t- kind of taken with how much the music wants to be the wondrous stuff.
0: Oh, the see, I see. For me, this is. He's gone, uh, what would Graceland sound like if it was a sea shanty? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I
1: actually really can hear that now you've said it, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's much more upbeat, which is presumably why it was the first single. It's actually radio friendly.
0: Yeah. Um, There's a lot going on. It's a bit of a jig. Yeah. It's Now I didn't like this one at all first time I heard it Yep. and it, it did grow on me. Yeah, I think it's okay. Okay. I mean it's about wanting to bury his dad at sea, which is it a is. strange choice of subject matter for a pop song. Really?
1: Yeah, for for a single off an album, but yeah, and it's kind of the anti-religious bits as well in it as well. Yeah,
0: and uh, you know, I don't mind this one. It's mm-hmm. uh, but the the Paul Simon uh, like, overture. Yeah. It it's it's such a it's such a a, a close impression that goes beyond homage okay that for me it just it, that's all i can really think about with this one i see that's that's pretty much all you can hear when you hear it now yeah it's just all those you know like the, the, like the carryovers and the kind of the held notes and almost that kind of that inflection that i've never heard sting do before and the way it's kind of got that fr- the way the phrasing goes with the uh like with the instrumentation okay and like the kind of the syncopation between it. It, it it's so so similar to the way that we were hearing Paul Simon do stuff on that on rhythm of the saints and so Right, sure, okay. Iceland. Okay. So for me that's that <coughs> that bothered me.
1: Right, I see I hadn't picked up on that. Uh that, so that wasn't uh, an aspect I was listening for. Uh, I think it's an okay song. I think the verse lets it die. I think there's not much happening in the verse mm. musically, mm-hmm. but I do think the chorus is a decent chorus in this one. Yeah, solid. I right, see so yeah, the, the chorus coming in here.
0: That's a good
1: chorus. Yeah, there's
0: a catchiness to that,
1: it really is. Yeah. He sounds like sting. As well, well uh, true. Yeah, that's more like what you'd expect. Uh lyrically, like you say, it's about wanting to, to bury his dad at sea, which mm-hmm. follows on from where we were. Um, there are allusions to, like I say, there's a religious thing. It, He talks about priests coming around and not being able to do do anything. He's like, well, what can you do? What what are your words going to do Mm -hmm. in this situation? Um, And then he says things about a river. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's looking for a river that flows to the sea. And that is more about looking for something permanent that doesn't wane and wax like religion has done. Because right. he, he mentions Hadrian's Wall and that's like the Roman times whenever they were over here. And their religion died out with them and Christianity has then come up since. And it's now waning again, but the river has always been there. So that is something you can rely on. That's, yeah, that's I what mean, I, I get I, from that. I mean, I
0: think he's very unfamiliar with what global warming is going to do to those rivers and his ability to survive on land. Well,
1: I, I think if anyone's not unaware of
0: global warming, it's Sting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's gone quiet on it though lately, hasn't he? It's true, actually. I haven't heard much from him. Nah, I mean, for the best. Anyway, right, so yeah, okay, good. I, I hadn't picked up on some of those religious overtones myself. Um, he has
1: said that he wasn't being anti-religious, he was just asking questions about the whole thing, which is, to be honest, what you say when you've been called out for trolling someone online. Yeah, exactly that. You know, you actually, you definitely were saying that. You yeah. can't get out of it by just going, I'm just asking questions.
0: Well, no, it's, it's also what you say... Uh, when you sell a lot of records in America, oh, and yeah. saying anything else will mean you no longer sell a lot of records. No, in that's America. true.
1: Yeah, the, the the head of whatever record company was like, "Mate, you need to fucking backtrack on this." Yeah, it's
0: like whatever whatever you uh, got to say about religion, you know, it's not quite as important as uh, you know, as a living the, the the lifestyle I'm, I'm accustomed yeah, yeah. to.
1: See this mansion you've got yeah. that you practice your tantric sex in. That's paid for by people who believe in yeah. God. Oh, if you don't
0: do this, what is it? It's always riveting.
1: Yep. Um, the video for this, because this was the first single, so this is presumably the one that they spent the most amount of money on, the, yep. sing, uh, the video as well. It's very, very silly. It's Sting plus backing people hmm. on a boat, and everything is sort of swaying left to right and they're falling around the place and this boat is in severe trouble is it's going under but there's so much going on on the ship as well there's these characters running around and it's it's almost like cartoon-esque it's almost Laurel and Hardy right uh, stuff like that which is a strange juxtaposition when you listen to the lyrics again yeah that they've got this kind of fun wacky video about burying your dad mm-hmm. but I suppose that's what you do if you want to get on telly you make yeah. something that is fun and silly,
0: and it's the kind of thing where a record executive goes to you. Look, we've let you make this record about your dead dad. Now, let us make some money. Yeah, fucking get on there and goof around, Dick. Yeah, true,
1: and <laughs> I fall over when we, we we tell you to. Yeah, exactly.
0: Throw a bucket of water over. It a is dolphin. exactly that yeah. sort of shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was the first one
1: uh, for single, and yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that as a song. I think it's uh, it's all right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll give it an all right. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a four to five out of ten for me. Fair absolutely fair okay uh, moving on
1: to the next one then Mad About You thanks very much mate I like you too
0: so this was actually the second single as well it has got a bit more of a sense of purpose about it it? oh I like that yeah Yeah. this is drama this is absolute drama I just like this It's has yeah Got an eastern feeling. Like <laughs> swelling strings mm-hmm. underneath really
1: nice. That's
0: a really nice phrase, isn't it?
1: Yep. I, I like the thing the, the strings in this. It gives it that little sense of urgency and stuff going on.
0: That's what that's doing. Yeah, so this is this is one of the only ones on here that's not apparently about his dad. No, it's not. Um. But this, this, is, this is, after the, the anti-religious song, this is a song based on a Bible verse. Yeah,
1: and it's a strange thing. Why would you, you know, go, I'm going to write a song. What am I going to write about? I'm going to write about the story of King David and Bathsheba. Hmm. It's a strange one to go, that'll work.
0: I mean, in theory, he, you know, the story goes, after his father's death, he had a fairly significant bout of writers block couldn't write yes. anything at all yeah and i guess maybe when you're in that state i mean oh, I, you know cool. as as a writer myself
1: <laughs> um you twat. but the thing is a lot like, i think
0: like if you get blocked though sometimes the thing that you do is you just try and write anything you, i see okay you, you, get, you start writing about something and you keep going until words start coming out of you and right and you try and change your mind saying it so maybe that's okay, well, where it this is. Be. you know yeah you may you know if you if you block you might be exploring a lot of different avenues
1: Fair enough, actually, that makes sense. Yeah. You're just looking for something that will take that plug
0: out and let it start flowing. Exactly. I mean, you okay. know, yeah. You know, to a muggle like yourself, Chris, yeah. I don't expect yeah. you to, you know, understand the process that artists like Sting and I go through. Mate, I don't think you maybe heard my colostomy
1: joke earlier. Oh, I'm, shit, I'm obviously yeah. a writer. I did hear it; it just wasn't my bag. <laughs> <Oy>! <laughs> 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 oh, Jesus! <laughs> shit <laughs> oh, well no that's that's that um so the story of the of, of these these of king david and bathsheba is apparently from the second book of samuel mm-hmm. and it's about a man's obsession with a woman which he knows could be his downfall but he goes for it anyway because bathsheba is married to someone else king david is like this really powerful ruler and he decides to order the killing of Bathsheba's husband so that he can have her for himself, even though he knows this might turn everyone against him and he'll lose everything he has. Mm-hmm. So, and, and also it'll make God angry. So it's like an obsession. It's about obsession and not being able to stop yourself From the thing that you
0: can't stop thinking about, okay. Just a quick question: Yeah, did you research that story, or do you just remember it from having to go to Scotland (laughs) Island? (laughs) Then my Belfast upbringing, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) or did you have it beaten into you by a nun? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good times. But yeah, no, I, this is the opposite to some of the other, the rest of the album for mm. me. In that it's a, a tune that I quite like. Um, that the lyrics confound me more than they add to it for okay, me. Okay, yeah. But I just, but I, I really like it as a. I think it's you know the piece of music on this record that I like the most. Okay,
1: which is presumably annoying for you because it's one of the shortest as well. You know, he's rambled on on some of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. And this is an under four minute song. But well,
0: you know what? That, that's part of it. A brevity, you know? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, you, there's, I you suppose know, like being you a little bit succinct sometimes. Look, You know, mm. I, I mean, I like a, a prog epic as much as the next man. Mm. Yeah, Unless, unless that next man is... Uh, Sting. Yeah, or, or, <laughs> our friend Big Kev. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out Big Kev. Hey. Um, but yeah, so look, yeah, it's good. I, I like this one. This that's, okay. that's pretty much what I've got on it. Yeah, sure. And it's, the strings ratchet up attention as it goes through. Yeah, the strings are the strings are my favourite bit, yeah. it? and and also actually, but also the way that the vocals are phrased so that you yeah. get those upward inflections on the back end of the string. So the so as the uh, like as as the line ends before the next one starts, the string gets time to accent the lyric. If you right. See okay. What I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, I yeah I really I really, really really like this one. Yeah, nice, like one. nice syncopation well, you, through it. Nice pace. There is a bit of a weird oboe that comes in, sort of. Oh, is there? Yeah, and, and I've not noted it. I would normally note something like that. Okay,
1: right. It, that stood out to me as like, mate, you're just doing that because you've got a mate who plays oboe really well mm.
0: and chuck that into the mix. I don't think it needed that. Uh, but, hey. I mean, Eminem did that, didn't he? Well, yeah, that kind of guest verse by oboe trice. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> 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 Fucking
0: hell. No name, no gimmicks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> jesus only you can save us oboe one yeah. <laughs> our last hope
1: oh dear me right okay right well uh, oh that's good at least we've uh, found a kind of a high point so far then yeah
0: so with with three tracks in of a nine track record let's take a short break shall we yeah and, okay uh, let's
1: uh see what else is going on in the world in terms of the album charts all right wonderful stuff <laughs> Okay, uh, this is the album chart, like I say, the week beginning the 27th of January. Yeah. And this is only one week's worth because it's only a number one for one week. Mm-hmm. And we've seen all of these before. So the only new one, well, there's a couple of new ones, but the only new new one is at number 10, Snap World Par. Was okay. It? Yeah. And whenever I saw that, I thought, obviously they must have had an album. Of course they did. I cannot imagine listening to a Snap album. No. What a fucking dreadful idea. No. Because we've seen that they had the par, great. But then, what was that catastrophe they released around the Christmas time on? when it was a it was a cover of some terrible seventies song. Oh, I know,
0: I I can't, I can't remember what the fuck it was, right. was called.
1: I'm going to assume that if that was the second best song on the album, because they released it as a single, the rest of this album must be dog shit.
0: Oh, I would imagine so, yeah. mate. I, yeah, but anyway, it's number 10 in the charts. Well, they went in a totally different direction after that as well, didn't they? Yeah. They went down that kind of like really dancey kind yeah, of. Yeah, a little bit of house behind it. Yeah, like German sounding, just German sounding well, records. Yeah, there you Rhythm are. is a dancer. Yes, yeah, quite. It's a so- source of cancer. Oh, what? oh wait. Oh, wait. Source that, of anger. Oh, I don't know. Source it, of cancer? No, oh, yeah. she's serious like cancer. Yeah. When he says. Rhythm is a dancer. I'm, no, I'm sorry, Mr. Sting. You, <laughs> your dad's got me. Mr. Sting.
1: <laughs> um. Well, that's number 10. Number nine is Strangler's Greatest Hits, which, you know, we can kind of gloss over because it's Greatest Hits, we don't have to talk about it. But I like the Stranglers. I saw them when I was about 15 or 16 in Belfast. I... Really good band. Again, don't know much about the Stranglers. Oh, mate, I couldn't name you any album tracks, but give me your Greatest Hits, I'll know all of those songs. And those are good songs, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Number eight is Phil Collins' Serious Hits Live. Seven, Chris Isaac's Wicked Game. Uh, Number six, Whitney Houston's I'm Your Baby Tonight. Number five, Elton John's Very Best. Number four, Madonna's Immaculate Collection... Number three, Enigma. Thank you for bringing that back again. Number three. Uh, number two is a new entry, Alexander O'Neill's All True Man. Oh, Yes. What's on that? Fuck knows.
0: I mean, like 1991, Alistair O'Neill's past his prime. Enough. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah. It's going to be some absolute I mean, fluff. I mean, if it hasn't got fucking criticised on it. Doesn't matter. been criticised my life. That's a good tune. you criticise criticised my ideals.
1: Other albums released in this time period. First one that came up was Jesus Jones Doubt. Which we are going to be talking about next week. We are. Uh, then Screaming Trees, Uncle Anastasia, was Ooh. out in this, this uh, week. Um, and that's fucking early Screaming Trees. Screaming
0: Trees are the most underrated grunge band.
1: they were well, definitely influential because every band loved them. Every band yeah. would cite them as that. But they never made it big. But it's just Mark Lanagan's oh, voice, oh, isn't oh, it? Of course it is. It, well, that and the two huge blokes behind him. It was a very yeah. striking image.
0: I mean, again, I I don't know the screaming when I say they're underrated, like they're underrated in my record collection. Mm. I've only got a couple of screaming trees records, yeah. but I love them, and it's always one of those things where like, why don't I know? Why don't I listen to this more? Right, sure. And you know, I mean, I have I really love some of Mark Lanigan solo records as well. Yeah, yeah. He's almost a little bit too productive. Well, it is one of those
1: ones. Uh, he's doing this project, that project. He's duetting with this person. Yeah. He's on this person's album, and then you've got seven or eight screaming trees albums as well. Yeah, yeah. But, it is. It's a. a Kind of a massive pool to jump but that, into. That
0: album, Bubblegum, is one of my favorite records. Is that right? It's all right. Yeah, it's like yeah. A top top twenty all time record. Fair for me. play. I love that record.
1: He does have a brilliant voice for that that, that kind of angsty and you know it's rock.
0: Some of the best bits on Queens of the Stone Age. Record, oh for sure. He he, know, he
1: balances that out brilliantly. Yeah, that gravelly tune. Yeah, that really love that. Right, yeah, cool. Um, and the only other one that I saw was Front 242's Tyranny. Uh, which got to number forty-two in the UK charts this, this week, apparently.
0: They were big, man, for they a bit, weren't they? I mean, that that, that kind of um, that industrial kind of creep thing that happened, like that was kind of there was that kind of underground swell of of uh, the industrial stuff that's coming through, like kind of almost okay, like yeah. the kind of the pointed edge of what came out from Depeche Mode and the kind of the darker side of the synth wave stuff that was inspired. And mm. then, you know, obviously we've seen ministry records coming through here. Yeah, yeah. Started having an impact. We've got, you know, kind of Skinny Puppy releasing records. Yeah. Uh, you're getting KM, FM DM, FM, DM, or whatever the fuck yeah, those they, letters they, are. Yeah, they've been mentioned last year as yeah, one. Yeah, Revolting Cocks. All of this stuff is starting to happen, and it's, I guess we're building up to Nine Inch Nails kind of really... Becoming, taking it overground. Yeah, becoming, yeah, that the big kind of... Uh, the like, spearhead of the that. The spearhead of that, the vanguard.
1: Yeah, true. Um, as far as I know, because I don't know my front 242 history that well, but as far as I can tell from looking this one up, this album, Tyranny, even though it... It must have done quite a cost at 42 in the UK charts, which yeah. is halfway decent, but I'm pretty sure it was the previous album that was their big album. So they're presumably still riding that wave uh, and... The fans are going with them on this one, but I also think this is probably their last hurrah. I don't, yeah. th- I don't remember them being at the forefront. They're still fucking going, well, they remember, but they, they never re- reached this height again. I don't well, the think. thing
0: is, you know, we were, you know, we were in in clubs from like '92, really. Oh, I was sure, yeah. You know. And you know, I was in clubs where a lot of goth was being played. Yeah, but I don't remember anyone being like, oh, "I'll put some front two four two on."
1: Every so often, it, was it Headhunter? I think was the one, their big one.
0: But that would be the only one I would yeah. have recognized. I would. I, I reckon I heard three times more Sheep on Drugs than I heard Front 242. easily. Easily, yeah. That that says something. I mean, it really does. Yeah, don't. I'm quite fond of Sheep on Drugs. Great fun.
1: They were great fun, but and this fucking ridiculous band name. Oh yes, yeah, fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Okay well that's all the albums I've got anyway uh, so so yeah some bits but not uh, anything
0: particularly amazing no okay well let's um let's dive right back into uh, the second act of stings <laughs> the soul cages
1: okay well track 4 is called jeremiah blues part 1 okay
0: Wait, stop. Hammond time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus
1: Christ. Well, to be honest, I'm glad that you told me to stop because I really don't like this song.
0: Mate, we've been here before. This is uh, Muso, White Boy, fucking uh, blues rock. Yeah. Clinky I'm piano. Trying to be a bit funky, a bit jazzy. Dad Rocket is finest. Yeah, it's the worst of all.
1: Because he's trying to, he's got that kind of funky bass going on. Yeah, uh, he's trying to go down that route. He's got the proper dad rock overture, and then there is proper jazz coming in as mm. well. It's just, dude, you're doing all of this terribly. This is make it stop. You know who'd
0: love this? Go on, Jules Holland. Yeah, this is this yeah. is this is, this is the, the reason why I don't watch Jules Holland. is because fucking stuff like this happens on it. Fair enough. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's it's just. Ugh. It's. I tell you what, the decline of the music industry and the fact that so much of the money has been ripped out of it, right? Yeah. I. You know. I, I have my problems with a lot of that, but I guess less of this happens as a result, and that's only. Surely that's a good thing.
1: I suppose that's a. That's the sacrifice we have to make to get rid of this. Maybe it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is pretentious. I mean, if, we go, if we're
0: going to sacrifice anyone, can we just sacrifice Jules Holland?
1: Done. All right. Yeah. That's fine. Fair enough. You can take over the Yeah. <laughs> Defensive, hoot nanny. We just I'll fucking hoot your nanny. <laughs> <laughs> to me, this is noodling. This is pretentious, yeah. and it's just doing it for the sake of listening to your own playing.
0: Oh god, what have we got? Just a very good joke here. I just thought uh-huh. of. Yeah, have you? Yeah, I'll so, be the judge. of That yeah, the uh, old keyboard player from Squeeze. Yes, he uh, he introduced me to his, uh, his his grandmother the other day. Uh huh. It was an owl. No, I no. Just was,
1: don't was, don't finish this. It was it was Jules Holland's dooting nanny. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do you like that? Ah. Oh. Next time, just punch me in the balls. Don't don't say that. She didn't know who I was. Oh, Is what she said?
0: Um, no. Who? No. <laughs> then she had a fucking mouse. <laughs>
1: oh damn oh, these are harder to awful. do in the sun aren't they these are harder to, harder to do in the hot weather well, yeah well I can't imagine that ever being easy on either of us oh it's fucking easy for me mate uh, right fuck you the piano line is dreadful in this I'm getting back into the song Yeah, um, it's got Branford Marsalis just wanking off his saxophone uh, there's no need for the ridiculous jazz that he's trying to put on. now
0: I mean, at least you know. But we're back. At least we know that even in 1991, the saxophone is still here for us.
1: I know. Yeah. Well, it won't go away yeah. at the minute. It's everywhere throughout pop music. So yeah, uh, I mean, I can yeah. picture them in rolled-up sleeve jackets playing this and shades indoors. That's the sort of level I reckon
0: these people were at. Was Brandon Marcellus the guy that did Buckshot La Funk? Oh, I think he was. Yeah. They had yeah. they had one good tune, one really good tune. Right. Yeah. He also um,
1: there was a mix of Public Enemies fight the par, um, like the twelve inch mix or instrumental or something, where he did a load of saxophone over the top of that.
0: Is that their song about improving your golf game?
1: Yeah, indeed, that's the very one. What um, do you mean fight the power? Fight the, fucking, fight, fight the Power. Fight uh, fight the par. The only thing I did like about this song is the kind of the guitar outro because there's this is four and five minutes long or whatever it is, and there's four minutes of proper shit. Uh, but then as they're going out they seem to have to, okay fuck it shall we just do a bit of a normal outro on this I'm going to see if I can find this
0: and it'll be at the end mate oh cheers Dan
1: <laughs> I'm because there's solo going on there and then it's just this for 30 seconds Yeah, yeah, I I get it. That's all right. Uh, Yeah,
0: that's that's, It's decent enough. Yeah. But it's right at the end. If
1: it it was. There's no resemblance to the rest. If it was in a clutch song, it would be good. Of course. Yeah, it's it's that sort of a thing. You just uh, get a riff and go go with it. But no, this is travel, this song.
0: Right, let's waste no more time. The next one is called Why Should I Cry For You? (laughs) Now, stop. Yep. Just sounds like the start of Show Me Heaven, doesn't it? That's exactly what I wrote. That's exactly what I wrote. I thought there was going to be Maria (laughs) McKee. Right. But then, play again. And now it starts sounding like Lay Your Hands On Me by Bon Jovi.
1: Oh, God. That is,
0: yeah. Both songs I like. Yeah, and then it disappoints me massively by being neither of those (laughs) fucking songs, right? Yep. Now... (laughs) I'm so glad you,
1: saw, you spotted that as well because oh, immediately. I
0: was like, oh, it's, it's a should-be-heaven. Uh, yeah. yeah. But look, this is a very personal song. Yes. I mean, like in an album of personal songs, this is a heart-crushingly personal thing. Yeah. It is very, very difficult to criticise mm-hmm. um, that. And, you know, I, I feel like I, I don't want to be callous about this song. Sure. But this is a collection of power ballad cliches with... Out any of the fun? Oh, there's no fun. To, well, yeah, of course there's no fun, but it's no, a song about. But that's what you know. That's and that's the thing. It's like I kind of read a little bit about this before I heard it. Okay. Uh, so I was okay. This is one of the most personal ones. I'm. Let's see what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. And then it sounds like this, and it's obviously the time that it's coming out. It's, you know, you know, kind of late '80s, early '90s. Mm-hmm. You know, that power ballad sound is kind of relatively prevalent still, dying yeah, out behind. at this point. Yeah, but such a weird set of things to put in this song you know it's it's all of that stuff that relates to that particular genre right but with a very very different subject matter and it's like well, yeah. none, of, none of this stuff works out of context to me very incongruous i guess is the word yeah no I,
1: I give you that definitely um but like you say i think what he's saying and the way he says it is Perfectly good, you know. I think he's done well with imagery again in this, and uh, some of the sentiment. I think I, you know, I I get a lot of the emotions coming through because he's he's dealing with the whole thing. And this was the first song he wrote apparently after the his dad died. Sure,
0: and uh, and again, not criticizing that, mm. but uh, I don't think you you get the vocal on this unless you sit and read it.
1: But well, my issue with this is that there's no tune to it. I think it's just really dull. No it's awful. Yeah, I think it's really dull and even there's not even a chorus to to break it up like in some of the other songs. This is just a a, a straight line A to B
0: of nothing going on musically. Yeah, this is this is a song you write because you have to write it. Sure. Guy. Yeah. What you don't have to do is put it on a record. And what you certainly don't have to do is release it as the fourth single. Yeah, no, this is this not the good. man. Single. But do, do you know what? Are you getting what I'm saying about the power power ballad cliches throughout this? There's there's lots of kind of those guitar tones. There's a lot of those kind right. of bass sounds. There's a lot of that super reverby effects on the drums, and right. it, it, it does have a lot of those trappings of those songs that we are going to play the arse of this coming Saturday at our, at our club night montage, which I would plug if it wasn't for the fact that this re- this won't come been... out for fucking yeah, weeks. True. But next year there will be another montage, no yep. doubt. Come to that. Um, But yeah, look, I mean, it goes a bit world music at the end as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, uh, I just think this is a mess.
1: Uh, yeah. It, does, it doesn't do anything for me. I would absolutely not ever put this on again. Mm. I think as an album track, I you know, bang in the middle of whatever, I could leave it there and be totally happy with skipping it every time. I don't understand, A, why it was a single. Because that makes no sense to me. And I think... There's nothing to lift it out of this really boring mire that he's plying it through.
0: Yeah, and I suspect the reason for it is it means something to him, it's got a connection to him, and it is so personally connected to him that he cannot see the difference. No,
1: that's very probably true. Because it is, uh, very specifically, again, there's lots of stuff about the shipbuilding stuff from his childhood. Mm -hmm. There's uh, He's questioning how his grief is manifesting itself and whether or not how he's feeling, is it, is, is it okay to feel that way? Or is he being too cold? Because he's saying, that the title, Why Should I Cry For You? And That's what he's saying. Well, I know it's expected that I should be in floods of emotions, mm-hmm. but uh, the, the, the lines are, why should I cry for you? Why would you want me to? And what would it mean to say, I loved you in my fashion? So it's mm. like, it is so personal. And he's dealing with something very specific there yeah. that he obviously... Got into that very blinkered and forgot to write a song. If you, that's what I think.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you know, you've got to kind of imagine that you know a relationship between uh, a northern shipbuilder and Sting. Yeah, it's gonna be. There's gonna be some conflicts in there. Oh, for sure.
1: Yeah, you absolutely would imagine so.
0: You know, in industrial, in the industrial northeast in the late seventies, or you know, or the kind of the early seventies when he's obviously coming of age. Yeah. I mean, you've got to have some fuck of force of will to come from that background and end up as Sting. Definitely. You know, you genuinely, I mean, you have. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, and I would imagine that level of force of will when you are, uh, when you are attempting to exert control and authority over someone hmm. is, I would imagine that is not an easy relationship.
1: No, there's going to be clashes all the way through that. Yeah. yeah, of course. And so, yeah, there's probably also some guilt at that. Whenever his father dies, there's going to be guilt about how the relationship was and was I too much of a dickhead to him when I was younger. There's simply all of that.
0: And that's the thing. If you don't if you don't get that resolution, hmm. you know, if you don't get that resolution when someone's alive, then you, as soon as they're dead, you go, ah, right, that ain't getting fixed. Well, indeed. And you're just alone with your thoughts and whatever you can do about it. Yeah, so,
1: uh, but the state he's in is like, I don't feel like I should be. I I, I can't cry because that's yeah. not what uh, my brain is telling me. I need to do. I'm going to
0: deal with this a different way. As a record, intellectually and as a, as mm. as prose, there's not. You know, this isn't a terrible record in that regard. Mm-hmm. But in terms of what motivates someone to make music, you go well. Maybe the thing that motivated you to make great music when you were in the police. Yeah maybe that's just missing from this process
1: what um, schoolgirls throwing themselves at him
0: well maybe that yeah. yeah I mean it was it was it was the 80s everyone was at indeed it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's the three defence I mean, I mean, exactly yeah you know, but you know I don't know man I don't know so anyway right so let's let's draw a line under that one shall we unless you yeah, have any absolutely. more notes no i
1: got nothing else uh, so number six then yep Saint Agnes and the Burning Train yep What? right that's enough it honestly is right, because I, that is all it does for two and a half minutes
0: okay i've got four bullet points good uh i'm going to read them out and then i'm not going to say another word unless you ask me a question okay good yep right instrumental yes classical guitar
1: yes hamlet advert oh that rings a bell there was one like that one there yep. okay right number four number four don't care oh right fair yeah totally i'm with you on that i don't understand why this is on here I don't get it in any way, shape, or form, because A, like you said, it's an instrumental, so Sting's not trying to say anything with it. It doesn't fit in with the theme of the album, the seafaring theme. It's some flamenco classical guitar. And it's not good tune. It's not like he went, oh, well, I need to put this on. It's a crap instrumental. So, yep, yeah, I will ask you the question, is there anything else we should say about this, or shall we just
0: move on? Shit song, shit name. Oh, it's a fucking Shit what? off.
1: Fucking St. Agnes and the Burning yeah.
0: Fuck off. Right, let's do the singles. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Let's move into the
1: top ten singles this week.
0: Right, right. right, okay, so... Top ten singles. Right, if you were listening last week, you'll know that in the first two episodes of this, we have a little bit of a logistical problem mm. in that we recorded episode three first. We talked about a lot of the singles with uh, our guest, and we like those conversations, so... Basically, there might be some things here that we don't talk about in that much detail. Tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. (laughs) Same twat time, same (laughs) twat channel. uh, Where you can hear uh, us two and someone else you don't know uh, talk about Talk about some singles, yeah. I mean, the stakes are pretty fucking low, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they really are. Yeah. They were not. But please do. We've agonised. No, let us put you off.
0: We agonised over this. How long did? We, did you, I know. I, I just literally, I just saw that in a second. I was like, how long have we fucking talked about this? How and we're talking about it now. Like people give a fuck. Yeah. The stakes are so low. Right. Anyway, t- t- uh,
1: top ten this week. Uh, ten or ten is CNC Music Factory's "Going to Make You Sweat," which we talked about last week. Yep. EMF, I believe, at number nine. A song about an ibuprofen gel. I, be- I believe. Yeah. <laughs> nice. They should use that in the ads. Yeah, they, they should, yeah. Uh, number eight is Soho's Hippie Chick. Number seven, Rick Astley, Cry for Help. Number six is Enigma, Sadness Part One. Uh, five, Seal Crazy, which again we talked about last week. Four, Two in a Room, Wiggle It. And this is this is all pretty bad nonsense going on here. Three, The Simpsons, Do the Bartman. Not good. Not good. Number two, Queen Innuendo, which we will be talking about when it is a number one album. And number one is KLF's 3AM Eternal. So there's nothing that we really want to say about any of these these songs today, because we've either done it before or it's on next week's episode. Fair enough. What we do have, though, I've found some other notable singles that were released this this week or charted this week.
0: The only thing I will say about this yeah. is it is reminding me that there was a time in 1991 where the, the, it was a more innocent time, wasn't it? Sure, because we could all collectively believe that "Do the Bartman" was the worst thing that Michael Jackson had ever done. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, all right, carry on. Uh, so the yeah other stuff that came out this week: Tribe Called Quest." Can I kick it? That reached number fifteen this week.
0: Yes, you can. Thanks,
1: mate. Yeah, now um, that came out. I I really enjoyed that one. I then investigated the album and didn't like it so much. Yeah. But this is a terrific single. You must have known this as soon as it came out, as well. Of course, man. This was on like CBBC and yeah, stuff. yeah, it was everywhere. It was, I love uh, you know that huge, well-known sample, yeah. Uh, yeah. and then well, I didn't know Walk on the Wild Side until this tune, and I got into Walk on the Wild Side after. Oh, I this see. Tune. Okay, right. Oh, uh, okay, I'd heard Walk
0: on the Wild Side. Oh,
1: this is amazing. It's amazing. But there's such a recognizable baseline to 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 use yeah I mean I
0: love Tribal Quest as well I oh love.
1: this is it they are a great great band I just don't think their first albums like, no I'm with you I, you know
0: if they don't they, you know they don't find I mean high point for you um, Midnight Marauders I'd say okay I'm low in theory all the way yeah fair I enough mean, I mean you know we're, we're talking oh, oh, no, so. of those two those
1: two are just two Absolute giants of hip-hop. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. love those records. Anyway, we talked about a yeah. before. before. Yeah. Uh, Little Angels released Boneyard. They were still going in 1991. Fucking hell, mate. Yeah, I know. Dinosaur Jr. Uh, released The Wagon, which was a new entry at number 49. And I'm trying to remember in 91 if I knew Dinosaur Jr. I suspect I knew um, Freak Scene, which was the big mm-hmm. one in the indie clubs at that time. But I didn't know The Wagon until much later.
0: Well, I became I became aware started becoming aware of some of these bands because I was working in a a comic shop at the time. Yes, I was working in a comic shop, and uh, there was a guy who would come in and buy rock and roll comics. Right, and rock and roll comics basically was a they produced biographical comics on certain artists. Oh, I see. And they started doing, um, and I noticed when he was buying things, I was always quite interested in in kind of what. He was, you know, what he was. I, I met him at sixth form college. Actually, he was my age. Okay, uh, he was much cooler than I was, but he was a twat as well. Uh, and maybe he wasn't a twat. Maybe he was just fucking indie cool. I didn't, I didn't know him well enough. Sure, but he, like he had a pop eat itself kind of uh, like jacket where he'd drawn on the thing on the back. You know, oh yeah, the, one of those the big gr- one of those green army jackets. Yeah, that's exactly what I just pictured. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. Uh, Pip it, pop it, f- loop it, fuck it, right, whatever sure. that thing was. But, but I remember he had a dinosaur junior t-shirt.
1: Oh, I see. So that a purple you, dinosaur you, junior. You'd seen the name? Yeah, that I was.
0: Way. Always, you know, so I kind of was. Uh, you know, I was always interested in what this stuff was, right? Because I didn't, I didn't really have much of a guide <laughs> through it. No, fair enough. So, yeah. But that's uh, you know.
1: But I I was uh, also quite surprised to see that it reached number forty nine because obviously that's fucking dreadful for a big single. But this is Dinosaur Junior's the wagon, and I wouldn't have thought that would even get the top hundred. No. So yeah, I was, I was surprised at that. But again, I suppose we are talking end of January when people are not buying a lot sure. of records. Uh, Slaughter released "Fly to the Angels" and that got to number fifty five. Shout out Chris Green, <laughs> of course. You, uh, know,
0: you know, Chris Green's son has uh, been on stage and sung with Slaughter.
1: Oh really? I knew he'd yeah. been on with, with someone. Is that is... he was like
0: two or something at the time? Right. I'm
1: sure. I'm sure that's right. Chris, if I, if I'm wrong, I mean you won't be listening to this, but. <laughs> uh, Shut up and dance. Released. Derek went mad, uh, and uh, that's t- to number eighty-one.
0: I tell you what. You know what the thing I remember "Shut Up and Dance" for? Go on. Right, is like you know remember like when hip hop uh, sections in record shops, yeah, vinyl w- were few and far between, and they're patchy because you know you had to really import the good hip hop. Sure. One. Yeah. And always you'd find shut up and fucking dance records. You'd be flicking through and it's like, fuck's sake, another... Oh, oh, here's another honky record. Here's another fucking... (laughs) Here's another honky record. Here's another shut up and dance record. It's fuck off. I I
1: remember at the time I knew shut up and dance is £20 to get in. And I really liked that. It's sort of an early kind of rave tune. And it's great fun. But I was more kind of impressed with just the, the giving themselves the balls to call themselves shut up and dance. I thought that was... A particular stupid, but quite genius thing.
0: Fair play. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's like, mate, really? Whenever they're sitting in a room going, well, what shall we call ourselves? We're trying to think of some really cool names. And they've just gone, oh, we could just call ourselves Shut Up and Dance. Well, what and, was, and what was stuck.
0: That, what was that more recent version of that fucking thing? Uh, the fucking Party Rock. What the fuck was that? What are those cunts oh, called?
1: Oh, LMAFO. Or, yeah, there you go. Yeah, twats. That was... Shit awful all that. that.
0: uh, Do you know what, man? Imagine if you were fucking 18 when that was going on, and that's something that's going to have to resonate with you for the rest of your life. Imagine if you had to have fond memories of that. That was your prom dance. Can you
1: fucking imagine? God's sake. Nah, bad times. Uh, Four Hero released a single called The Scorcher. Nice. And this is well before I remember any Four Hero stuff. Oh, man.
0: So what what does this sound like? I'm assuming drum and bass, because that's where they started, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, but was, I mean... Was anyone doing drum and bass per se? I mean, you had, you know, I was not the big proto-raver while it was all happening, but, you know, obviously hardcore, and then you you sped hardcore up and had jungle.
1: Yeah, well, maybe it it was very, very early jungle or more kind of the hardcore rave stuff. Not sure, but it's well before I was aware of 4Hero at all. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, Left Field released more than I know. Don't but, feel bad, man. Just tell us about the ones you do know. Oh, fuck off. Oh, gee. Right. <laughs> this is the shit I have to put up with. My God. He's so happy. All right. So, Leffield, yeah, Leffield, that peaked at number 98. But the big one yeah. that uh, I spotted came out this week, and it peaked at number 90. It was a new entry at 90, and it never got any higher, was Nirvana's Sliver. Wow. Yeah. So that's the end of January 91, that one came out, and that was, as far as I know, just on twelve inch, I think, when it mm-hmm. came out, and I d- completely passed me by, totally yeah, passed me by
0: at that point. Not on sub pop at that point? Um, I'm assuming so, yeah. So I'm presum- I mean, at that point, I'm guessing that stuff that's on sub pop is selling to the people that know what it is. Of course, yeah, because it's on sub pop.
1: Yeah, true, true. Um, but it also also shows that they didn't. I mean, there's loads of people will say, oh, I was into Nirvana before Nevermind. I was, I loved those early singles. Yeah, well, it only got to number 90, so maybe not enough of you, you're telling the truth. No, it's,
0: it's all bullshit, man. I mean, look, I mean, I was, I was well late to the party yeah. with Nevermind. I was totally late to the party. I was, you know, I had it, what, 90, I mean, I was. I think it was probably at Sixth Form College when I got it. Right. So that had been like September 92 or something like that. Right. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's
1: that's definitely like what nearly nearly a year after, I suppose. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was well mm. late to the party on it. I was too busy to listening to Guns N' Roses. But then I was fucking bang. Oh yeah. No, straight
1: away. That's uh, sure. Yeah. Well, uh, we will definitely be talking about Nirvana in more detail whenever some of their stuff comes up. But there you go. That's what I've got for singles this week. Uh, not the best we've seen. Not the best
0: mix. But there's some decent stuff in there. Tribe Called Quest, Nirvana, Field. I mean, to be fair, being from Northern Ireland, you've probably seen plenty of good mix. Oh, Jesus. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Right, on that
1: note, let's finish off this sting album. Can't be bothered talking to you anymore. Track, uh, where are we? Track? You
0: started the shit with these bad jokes. That's true. Okay. You're but... re- re- fucking so, Sunshine.
1: <laughs> All right, track number seven, The Wild Wild Sea.
0: Oh, this one's about the sea as well, is it? Funny that, yeah. Oh, this is quite portentous, isn't it? It's a... Mm. Swelling like the uh, the waves of the sea. Perhaps. Oh, lovely!
1: I like it. I like what you've done.
0: Mm. A bit Philip Glass, bit of Vangelis. Oh yes, you're right.
1: Guitar that sounds like whale song. Mm. I mean, for anyone who's waiting for a beat to come in, there is that no, doesn't happen in this song. No, it's all like this.
0: This is very ponderous and very serious. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's whatever. It's fucking six and a half minutes long as well. Look, man, right? I've got a note here. Yep. And this is the point. Look, we get it. It's about boats right okay. we get it. this album's about but we fucking get it right yeah i right. get it sting right i'm sorry you're sad and fair fucking play to you for monetizing your breakdown i get it right mm-hmm. but there's four minutes of this fucking shit four minutes right then it vaguely picks up for one more minute yeah and then it drops back into it again it's fucking and look and then right okay and then there's a guitar at the yes. end yeah yeah uh, and it's a nice guitar but it's fucking too little too late. It's too oh, it's, no. it's absolutely, yeah. It's, it's lost, man. It's like, you know, if it was drowning in the fucking sea, uh-huh. it would be dead, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you'd be pumping on its fucking heart with your little guitar. The whammy Water bar. would be fucking popping out of it, but no heartbeat. Nah. no Gone. No, 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 gone. Fucking gone to Davy Jones fucking locker. Yeah. This is rubbish.
1: This is, yeah, this is another one where it's sort of, he's, he's going for that jazzy... Uh, ethereal it's almost fine signs he's trying to evoke the sound of being adrift and out at sea with nothing else around
0: you okay this song's called wild wild sea yeah okay Mm -hmm. now plenty of sea in this song very little wild no that's true and certainly no wild wild (laughs) double wild Wiki wiki wild (laughs) wild sea
1: he's a fucking wild sea but yeah no it's rubbish it is uh, the lyrically. It's about him. It's him talking about a dream he had, where he swims out to a ship, climbs aboard, and sees his father as a sailor. Do you know what's always good? Mm. People telling you about their oh, dreams. That's my favorite.
0: I love it. Oh, I had this dream last night. Okay, good.
1: Yeah, well done, you. Your brain works.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well done. That's just uh, it. Happens to everyone.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is. Th- there's nothing. There's no substance to this at all. Uh, it's, it's. It's almost as if he's just writing in big letters.
0: Look how grown up and serious and interesting I can be. Well, I tell you what, this is to me. Yeah. Basically, it's a Pinterest board of sounds, right? Mm. And the th- keywords are dead, dad, sad, sea. Right. <laughs> yep. Th- th- those are the keywords. <laughs> and this is what you get. It's this kind of, right. you know, it's a, you know, it's an interesting textural experiment. Yeah. Uh, and by interesting, I mean it's in no way interesting. Yeah. And I, you know, I appreciate that this is a record that you've made for yourself. Okay. Yes. And that's great. And I fucking feel for you and your pain and your bereavement. I have no end of sympathy for you, Mm -hmm. but you've made me listen to it. And to be fair, you know, this criticism is only valid because we have been forced to listen to it by our own rules. Indeed. Yeah. We would never have gone yeah. for this
1: and then told people how bad it was. Yeah. And, you know, I don't no. want
0: to give the impression that we're fucking wandering into someone's fucking funeral and going, oh, what the fuck are these guys crying? <laughs> sure, yeah. well, that's not what this is about, right? Yeah. But this is fucking rubbish.
1: It is. It's not a good song. That's the thing. We're judging everything. We're going back and listening to these records to see, oh, was this a good album? Are these good songs? Did it deserve being number one at the time? But we're to have to justify this. Come and But, yeah. Title track next Soul right. Cages. Number eight, The Soul Cages. <laughs>
0: Oh, big rock and roll wow. sound. Yeah. Dire Straits guitar.
1: Oh, it definitely really is. This was the third single released from the album. Look, at this
0: point I'm so fucking bored of your boat shit sting. <laughs> but fucking we get it, Captain Bird's uh-huh. eye. did this whole fucking thing, like dressed as that fucking like in a like in an in a, like an Aaron knit sweater smoking a pipe with a white beard. You know what I mean? I hope
1: so. This is more stuff. This is kind of the finale about the Soul Cages, the, where we were going with that myth earlier. Yeah. It's all about that. Um he, it's about Billy, the protagonist, mm-hmm. wanting to free the soul of his father from the soul cage. And he challenges the fisherman, the fisherman, uh, is, who's this entity, uh, to a drinking contest. And the final verse implies that he won. So it's a happy ending for this journey that we've been on with Billy and his
0: father. Look, mate. Yes. We are in... I mean, that's all, all, all well and good, right? Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, we're not at the bottom of the sea. We are deep, deep, deep in Paul McCartney's solo album territory with this oh song. Oh my God, that's a terrible thing to we say. We are, wow. man. We are. We are surrounded by white men who can play guitars very well, Yeah. Uh, can afford big amps, and a sound man that knows how to make them sound. Uh, there are Wurlitzer organs mm, in Yeah, it. yeah. There's the
1: organ. There's a more oboe, I think. Yeah, there's a slide guitar probably. Yep, yep.
0: Um, and you know what? We get to f- uh, about five minutes, and it's quite a nice breakdown. Okay. Okay, but we've got to five minutes at that point, right? Yep. This song does not need to be six fucking minutes. No, it really doesn't. Okay. No. This is self-indulgence writ large. Yeah. This is the same thing as we said before. It's that white man fucking like stadium blues.
1: Yeah, and this is a very simple riff You know, from what we just played. It's a, it's kind of like crunchier guitar sound. so it's that more straight-ahead rock yeah. sound in this one. And it's a very simple riff. It doesn't do anything in particular, but it's a it's a more standard bass for a song. There's something you'd expect to hear mm-hmm. uh, in the pop charts. Obviously, that's why he's done it. But I don't know if you saw this as well, right? This song won a Grammy in 1992 for best rock song, beating enter Sandman. I mean, what? Don't be insane. How does this happen in the world? Don't be insane. How how is this very basic standard, like you say, blues riff? That six minutes of that. It's almost like the, the fuck is that the it's best almost rock like song? The
0: Grammys are not a real indication of what's good and what isn't well, quite, at all. Quite. Who gives a fuck about a Grammy? <laughs> yeah, true. Half of you critics can't even.
1: Stomach me let them stand me, wasn't it? Oh no, I was gonna say something else. I thought that was the Eminem line.
0: Oh no, I wasn't talking
1: about that. Oh, no, was because I was. I was, I was. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, no, it's exactly what I was.
1: so. I don't understand. It's this to me, there is nothing apart from it being six and a half minutes that's unnecessary. There's nothing wrong with this song for me. It's a perfectly acceptable sting solo song, but. It, abs- it It galled me that it was so well received or so well praised because there's nothing special about it whatsoever. Again, lyrically, he's tying up the loose ends of the story. He's taking us to the the climax of the. Oh dear, I don't want to think about Sting doing that. But he's I mean, taking it'll us take, to. It
0: don't want to take ages.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Fucking day. That's why it's six and a half minutes long. Uh, it's it's about. Uh, it's another drama. It's battling life and death. It's good versus evil. It's uh, a symmetry. There's a callback right at the end where the first the tune from the first song comes back in. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's the <laughs> really bringing it all back into itself. It's the Northumbrian short pipe again. It really fucking is. So it, in, th- in terms of that, I'm f- totally fine with it. I don't think it's a bad song. But it leaves me cold because there's nothing that gets me going about it. It does, no, doesn't hook not, me. There's
0: no drama to it no
1: there's not no he's true there's no drama to the tune
0: exactly yeah. and that's and that's again this is the issue throughout all of this right lyrically this is a very heartfelt record mm. but so many times the music is utterly incongruous to what he's doing right sure uh and, you know we started off on that first track and he's obviously trying to do something there yes okay and he just it just hasn't followed through throughout this record for me yeah like the you know the kind of the musical flow of the record doesn't you know, it's patchy at best. Right. At best, right? Like A lot of it is tuneless. Oh, but that's my
1: main issue with it, is that the lack of big tunes. Yeah. Whenever whenever I think of The Police, I think of big fucking tunes.
0: But the thing is, like, if you're going to do, you know, if you're going to do um, a concept album... Yeah. You know, I mean, like, you know, we've discussed this many times. I'm far less of a big four on the floor guy than yourself, no did, right? No, indeed, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm. But what you the reason why those big long prog albums are good is because you just get these interesting bits that drop in and drop out, and it's like, oh wow! And you kind of you just like kind of get locked into a bit of a kind of musicianship, and then that flows into the next okay. bit of musicianship, and it tells the story. It's also intricate and multi layered, and you, in a certain state of mind, you can come and sit with it. And right. a lot of the time, you know, there's a there's a drama between the music and the vocal and the lyric and the way that's going. Right, and there just isn't that here there's the dearth of ideas
1: i well i i don't think there is any flow to this in terms of i don't think there's an overall sound to this album because Mm. it goes from that first one which is the wishy-washy no drums or anything into that hornpipe jig one Mm. uh, and then into the dramatic strings and then it's got things like it's got that fucking flamenco instrumental Mm -hmm. and then it's got this sort of straight ahead rock tune it's all over the place. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily know what a sting album should sound like, but this doesn't sound like an album to me. It's no, it's, it, it, it's, it's got the lyrical content running through, and that makes it a concept album. It, it sounds like, a,
0: like a, it sounds like a like a B sides and rarities compilation.
1: Yeah, it could be absolutely could be. Yeah, but
0: let's let's latch on with the last track, yep. which is called "When the Angels Fall." Yes, right.
1: This is downbeat Beat again.
0: This is fucking Turgid.
1: I think it's awful. I think it's the worst one. Shut probably. this one off.
0: Fuck it. Yeah. We don't need to hear more. Of it. If you want, if you want to hear this song, I've heard it three times. The writer <laughs> this, right. If you want to hear that song, do it on your own fucking time. Right? Yeah. That's what is I'm saying. Terrible. This, this is one. Turgid. It's sixth form fucking poetry. Yeah.
1: Fuck this right?
0: song. You know. And like you know, like I've said throughout throughout the rest of this song, you can't. You know, the the, the lyrics are you know are evocative. They, are you know, they are clearly heartfelt. They mm. conjure some pictures. Whatever. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, you know that the lyrics throughout this are tend to be better than the music. Not in this one. This no, is, this is really, really, really bad. Yeah, this, this yeah. is fuck it. It's like why have you included this? Yeah, it, it, what's the, you, you just had your big crescendo. I mean, unsuccessful in my eyes. Sure, but and it tied everything together. It got the first tune
1: back in there. It was the perfect kind of ending for everything.
0: Yeah, so it's it's just turgid, does nothing, right? Yeah. Four minutes 30, yeah. four minutes 30 in, it starts getting a bit ele- elegiac, right? Okay. It's got a church organ that comes in, the pace increases slightly, yeah. okay? And think, okay, well, maybe you're going to build to something. Because this track is seven minutes long. Yeah, this right?
1: is the longest one. Yeah,
0: and you think, okay, it's going to go to something. And then it just drops straight back into the fucking dross again, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, like, nothing else happens. And then the fade out of this song, and, mm-hmm. But you know, I'm not going to call it a fade out. I'm going to call it a bleed out. Right? <laughs> nice. Yes. Because, like, yes. It lasts for over a minute, and it's just like like if you've ever seen like a badly acted fucking foreign film. It's like, it's like a, someone who can't act dying for far too long on screen. Right. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> <laughs> Drawing it out. Yeah.
1: <coughs> yeah. This is great for a podcast, but yes. (laughs) Indeed. It's like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'd
0: fucking rather listen to that, though. I'd rather listen to myself making a fucking weird noise. I'd rather sit in a room and listen to myself fart than listen to that song again. Oh, no, you've, you've gone too far. Oh, fuck off, man. I'd love listening to myself fart.
1: I know you do, but I'm uh, no. I'm going to have to go back to Sting on that one if uh, if that's the, the choice between the two. I've heard your farts many times. A choice between
0: Sting and my tail.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm, nice. Uh, so, yeah, th- th- this is a terrible way to end an album for- I mean, as well. I mean, last three tracks are shit. Not, I don't mind that Soul Cages one. I think it's perfectly fine, it, but it doesn't stir anything in me. But I think that's fucking dreadful, and I think the Wild Wild Sea's nonsense.
0: Yeah. I think I've made my and where yeah, I stand yeah. on the emotional stuff. Uh, it's, this isn't a successful record for me at all. I understand why it's, uh, why it's found its place within sting fans. Sure, I understand yeah. that when you've got a bereavement, you'll latch onto certain things yep. and, and that's important. And sometimes if things are a little bit on the nose or you can, you can latch into somebody else's emotion on that. Yeah. Yep. That's great. Um, this is a podcast about evaluating pop albums. Yeah, This is an incredibly unsuccessful pop album.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, it doesn't fit that criteria whatsoever. But it was never meant to. So, yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, it's, it, I mean, I, I think I probably speak for the, both of us. Neither of us are ever, ever going to listen to this again. Oh, God, no. You know, it's not like we're ever going to go, you know, I'm in the mood for that. Yeah. But it's yeah. also, if someone said to me, uh, right, I've been forced at gunpoint to listen to a Sting solo album. Which one's it going to be? I'm going to go with Dream of the Blue Turtles, yeah. even though I can't remember it
0: particularly well, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not going to be this one. No, absolutely. But i tell you what I would do. Yeah. If someone says, right, you can listen to a Sting album and I'll blow one of your kneecaps off. Yes. Right. Or you can listen to this Enigma album. Oh, Jesus. I'm limping home. Yeah, straight away. Limping home, singing fucking singing the songs of the Sting. Get that fucking Pistorius leg on me. Because you know what? We are this. You know, this isn't a successful album. Uh, Okay, I got a little bit annoyed with it towards the end. Right, right. But let's be clear: this is not in the same ballpark as that fucking Enigma. It's absolutely not. No, it is infinitely better. You know, this is at least someone with something to say, with some emotions behind it, and you're like, okay, I feel like you could probably do better. I'm not a Sting fan per se. Mm, Sure, as I say, I think he's a bit of a twat. Uh, but, you know. Oh, yeah, but it, then again, so are many of our favourite singers are yeah, twats, they, you know. Yeah, well,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah hang on. Are we at the point then where we have to pick songs for the playlist? Uh, songs, you say. Well, no, no, well the choice is,
0: I'm assuming you just want to do one? I I mean, one. okay, well, let's let's see where we lie. I mean, I know, I know what my choice will be. You're going to go with track three?
1: Yes. Mad About You? Yes. Yep, yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, I'm fine with that. I also didn't mind track 2 all this time. Uh, that would because, be that would, because I
0: like the chorus on it. That would be my second choice. Sure. But I again I do have that massive I do have that massive the reservation because of the Paul Simon thing. No, but you know name. that might bear putting on the compilation so people can see whether they agree with it or not. Uh, well we don't have to. Uh,
1: we do this is our playlist. We only we're only bound by the rules we made. We don't have to do two songs. And I'm fine with just putting one on. Yeah, Yeah. people
0: can find it if they want to find it. Okay,
1: so Mad About You is going to be added to that.
0: There you go. Done. Right. That's that for this week then. Thank you. Wonderful stuff. Well, we're back in the saddle again, guys. Yes, we are. Okay, we'll be back again next week with a podcast that we have already recorded. Exactly, yes. So that's
1: exciting for me. And I'll tell you, this is going to be the annoying thing, and I'm sure you'll mention it in the intro. Because we're now using this new equipment, it sounds, it's going to sound very different to this next podcast because we were still using the old microphones yeah. and the old system for that. Fucking deal with it. There yeah. you go. It's a free podcast. It's free, motherfuckers. Yeah, it, you're going to get a bit of a shitty sign quality on
0: the cool. next one. As always, guys, please get in contact with us. Let us know what you think about our takes on these things. If you're a big Sting fan, if you are Sting himself. Hello, Sting. Hello, Sting. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Um, and we will... Uh, we'll read it anyway (laughs) uh, anyway that's all from me Dave Fensom that's all from me Chris Agreer. we'll catch you next time motherfuckers bye
1: thank you for checking out this episode of pop collaborate and listen it was produced and edited by us for which we can only apologize we're on twitter at PCL podcast on instagram also at PCL podcast and facebook.com slash PCL podcast All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is pclpodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com.